Greetings. I would like to welcome everyone to the first ever episode of RPG Crossing Radio. This podcast is produced by and for the community of RPGCrossing.com. If you don't happen to be a member, that's fine too. Listen away and I hope you enjoy what you hear. Or you can go ahead and join. It's free and it'll clear you of guilt. I'm your host, David Robinson. I also go by Roby on RPGCrossing.com. Uh, joining me today is Embrodak. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Embrodak, for anyone who might not know. Uh, hello out there. Uh, I'm Embrodak. I've been on this site for several years now. Uh, <laughs> I'm moving to Virginia. Uh, there you go. It's a very brief bio. I like it. Um, also joining me is Toba. Uh, give us the 411 on yourself, Toba. Um. <laughs> Toba, I've been a member of the site now, I think, a little over a year. Um, and I'm um, from the Midwest. Um, I just uh, kind of work as a manager in construction, and yeah, that's pretty much slowed down on me. Excellent. You've also been uh, cleaning out the uh, competitions on the site, but we'll get into that uh, later on in the cast. Uh, this is the first episode, so I'm going to make a few promises for anyone who... Uh, may be on the fence about continuing to listen. This is episode one, so I promise that it will be better than Star Wars episode one. No one cool will get cut in half and thrown down an exhaust port, and no one in this episode will grow up to become an evil Sith Lord. Hopefully. Aww. You guys are, you guys don't have any aspirations to become uh, evil Sith Lords, right? No. <laughs> Not enough time. <laughs> does take a lot of time, I suppose. Okay, um, what have you guys been up to lately on the uh, site, gaming-wise, or uh, how the holidays treat you? You guys do okay? <laughs> uh, well, I was sick during the holidays. My oh. daughter gave me a lovely cough, which I finally got over. I still have, but I'm not coughing every minute. I'm coughing every hour. Um, so I slept most of my holiday vacation, uh, finally getting back just before New Year's and getting caught up with uh, my posts, but thankfully nobody was posting, so I only have a couple posts to, to get caught back up on. I, uh, I just, I'm on the tail end of the same sickness you just talked about. I've been sick the last four days. Ugh. But, uh, the holidays were good. Uh, I saw lots of family and all that, and then uh, as far as the site goes, I'm real busy with Iron DM, and then... Uh, Running, keeping up with as many of my games as I could, which thankfully all slowed down to everyone traveling for holidays, it sounds like. Yeah, everybody usually does. It's pretty slow on the site around the holidays. Um, myself, I just started a uh, zombie apocalypse game, which is a uh, genre I'm rather, uh, uh, I, I rather enjoy, so it should be pretty cool. <laughs> um, the DM Silver Scale, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's pretty cool. Seems to be working out really well. Um, but on to the site news. We've got like one very huge announcement that'll kind of uh, explain some stuff in case people are wondering about the name of the show and whatnot. But uh, the uh, website we are all members of is changing its name. It was announced uh, December 24th that the community website will be going through a name change. Currently, it's called dndonlinegames.com, uh, but the name is being changed to RPG Crossing. Um, Breach has done, an, Breached has done a great job uh, fielding some of the more important questions, and we'll provide a link to the um, 
thread that all that's taken care of, but uh, Embrodek, what's your take on this? Um, you're a staff member, so you probably knew about the hey, change wait. long He's before everyone about, else. Uh, breached? I thought it was birched. 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 That, you know, let's go ahead and say this right now. I am the worst about pronouncing anything, so if I say it, it's probably wrong. Um, <laughs> uh 2012 Iron DM, I had pronounced his name Melquire. Um, apparently, somebody was nice enough to shoot me a uh, message on the forums. It's Melchior, so I apologize for butchering that to pieces. Um, I thought it was Melchior, so I'm, I'm in the same boat. I thought it was Melquire. <laughs> so, um, okay, we'll go with uh, your pronunciation. Um, but anyways, go <laughs> on. Way, Birch, Birch brought it up. I thought it was going to happen in the fall, but now it's, uh, I think it's coming to fruition within the month. Uh, I would have guessed by the end of January, beginning of February. Um, it, just uh, the idea is it's not, it's been, when we first started, it was really uh, a D&D online games. It was really D&D centric. There wasn't really many places for other games. Uh, and then the last four or five years, it's, it's been opened up, and now it's it's any game you pretty much want. And I believe Birch's main thought was, you know, in order to grow with with the industry, and we should probably just purely D and D online games. And I think Lee, that's uh, we had some forums on on, our, on the second floor where we discussed it, and we, there were some name votings, and, and we were looking around, and we came up with RPG Crossings, uh, a, you know, fairly generic, uh, you know naming that that covers everything we do um and my thoughts on it honestly i'm ambivalent towards it the i i come to the, the community on the site not necessarily what it's called so uh you know dndog dnd dog is it, it's easy you know acronym for me to remember but honestly i just hit the hit, hit the uh, my browser and click my my bookmarks and I have a morning bookmark that opens like 20 different bookmarks so it'll just have to change it once and then I won't have to think about it again so yeah I personally am am looking forward to the change I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for um, the site and expanding it I mean we've got a really great community and we're branching out into all kinds of stuff now so I think the name's more fitting for that um how about you, Toba? I don't think that uh, you were aware of the change until it was announced on the 21st, 4th, were you? No, I uh, actually had no idea. Um, I didn't even notice it in the announcements right away. Uh, and then uh, I was talking to Admin Chuck about it, and he asked me what I thought about it. And then I went and looked out on this event, and uh, I think it's a good move. I mean, D&D Online Games is kind of a, a long, wordy kind of you know, drab kind of name, but, you know, with respect to RPG Crossing, which to me is just a lot funner name overall. Yeah, um, I I think so too. Um, but we've got some more announcements, so we'll go ahead and move on. Um, we on the site have uh, started a book club. Um, have you guys heard anything about this? I did not know about it until about two hours ago when I was looking over uh, some show notes. But I, I went to the site... The uh, the forum portion portion and uh, I voted for the for February's book. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, it was actually kind of a, a crazy uh, 
circumstance, I had mentioned in general discussion um, how I thought we'd had one. I, I seem to remember, I must have remembered wrong that um, I thought somebody had started one and I was kind of looking into getting into it because I have a, f a little bit more free time right at this moment. And then uh, the general consensus was, no, we don't, but you should start one. And I'm like, okay, why not? So <laughs> that, that's the dangerous part when you bring up ideas. Typically, if you're the one that comes up with it, typically you have to run with it to get it to come to fruition. So uh, I, I I try to you know wait till somebody else mentions it, then I'll pile on saying it's a good idea and you should do it. That's what happened with the podcast. I believe I believe you. I think I mentioned it one time and then I didn't say anything because I didn't want to do anything, and then you brought it up uh, when Iron DM came up. So uh, <laughs> you got tasked with doing that. Well. So. Here's the deal about the podcast. Um, I don't know if you remember because it was very low-key at the time, but I think it was uh, uh, 2007, at the beginning of the year, um, one of the community members had um, made a move to start one, and they had we had forums, and we were all working behind the scenes. I wasn't, I hadn't taken a, 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 for, like a front-man approach to it. I was like behind the scenes and it nothing ever panned out and then it slowly disappeared um i'm not entirely sure what happened but since that point i was like oh, that was a really good idea i wish that we could uh have pulled that off and slowly i um got to the point where i could take care of it myself so um and here we are talking about it. But anyways, back onto the book club. Oh, back onto the book club, yeah. Back uh, onto the book club. Um, January's pick is uh, Ready Player One by Ernest Klein. Um, very good book. I'm uh, ten or so chapters into it. Um, I haven't had a lot of time in the last week or so to read, but <laughs> what I've gotten through, it's really good. I suggest everybody uh, join us. Uh, February's picks. Um, each month we're going to vote on a collection of books. Um, February's books are actually books written by community members. Um, there's four of them there. Um, so if anybody wants to go and uh, vote on them, we'd appreciate that. The more votes, the uh, the better. Even if you're not planning on reading along, maybe just uh, play with uh, the author in a game or something, want to throw your support behind them, um, that's fine too. Um, so go ahead and uh, check that out. Link will be in show notes. Um, I, uh, yeah, I... Uh... I, I think I'll get into it. I, I I read. I just read what I what I think I would like to watch. I don't read, but if you know other people are reading a book, you know maybe there'd be some cool interactions. Sometimes I want to talk about it and I don't know what to talk to. So, um, I, I was good, trying to get uh, ready, uh, player one, uh, and I didn't feel like buying it. I, I do most of my. Uh, and if you go onto the the, the thread section, I, there's even a discussion about how you read your books and whatnot. And uh, I was trying to find a – my library actually has an electronic distribution for books. Unfortunately, they have no idea who Ernest Klein is and what Ready Player One is. But um, so I, I was trying to look to see if there was any books in my electronic library, which I was actually thought it was pretty cool that my my little library uh, has uh, some forward progression to have digital um, downloads however you, you that's the phrases for that but so if i can find the book i, I will i'll read it but um <laughs> i'm i'm still uh, uh, still trying to figure out the whole i have an ipad i'm still trying to figure out the whole digital download and you know how they you know price them i think it's a there's sometimes they're a bit high 
uh, considering you know you have one book uh, on the shelf where you got all the distribution costs and whatnot, and how do they figure out the digital distribution costs? But, anyways, I'm interested in, in joining the library. I think if if I'll, I'll I'll probably start in February. Excellent, excellent. How about you, Toba? Have you uh, heard anything about this? Uh, actually, the uh, first I'd heard of it was as you started talking about it during this podcast. So I went and read through a bit of it as you guys were discussing it there. It seems pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard of any of the four books nominated for February or the one you're reading for January. So I actually just read the description of uh, Ready Player One. And it sounds pretty neat. If, uh, when I weren't already in the midst of reading the entire Malazan series, I'd probably get in on that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, feel free to join us uh, later on in the year. We're going to be doing it every month. So, great. Hopefully, we get something started. Okay. Um, our next topic is uh, Iron DM. Um, I think everyone here is familiar with this. Um, I've been covering it on some special feature podcasts for the website. Toba's been participating in it, and uh, and Brodak, you've been uh, judging it. So uh, why don't you guys just give a summation of uh, it, and then we'll put a pin in this and come back to it for a more in-depth discussion uh, later on. Well, I mean, for those not familiar with it, it's, it's uh, an idea that was started a couple years ago. I think the first Iron Dam was in 2007, um, and it was the, 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 the premises was you know the Iron Chef. Um, those who watch the Iron Chef on TV, um, we throw a bunch of ingredients, and the two players craft, you know, a module in what 2,400 words or less. Um, it could be a, a large, over, you know, arcing, you know, quest, or it could be a simple, simple one in one turn adventure you slap into any any module. And uh, we've been running it what? Because like I said, 2007, and we get one person at the end who's Iron DM. I believe I'm on. On the conversation with with two Iron DMs, the, the current reigning Iron DM, and what were you, two thousand eight Iron DM? Uh, two thousand seven. I was the uh, the first one. Okay. So in the past, we used to be able to bet on them. And, um, we got rid of that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't recommend betting on people that don't know how to uh, proper grammar. But that's besides. <laughs> I, th- I think um, it caused a little bit of heartache there in uh, two thousand eight. So. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's been it's an enjoyable feature we have every fall. Uh, um, Hugga, H-V-G-A-K, however you pronounce his name. Um, and I don't blame you. Anybody who can't pronounce it, I don't believe it's made to be pronounced. He's been running it the last two years. Uh, I was uh, going to take a bit of a bigger role, but I had some issues this, this fall. I, I couldn't uh, take over. Um, but Hugga ran it. We run it pretty good. Uh, the, the, the key to it is judging, getting the judges to respond in a timely manner we had a couple years ago we had an issue it would just take forever for the judges to respond but uh it's the last two years it's streamlined it's running and uh that's all i have to say about the irdm for those who wanted a little bit of background i don't know if, if uh toba has anything to say or if he, we have in the show notes to talk about it a little bit more in depth later so maybe he wants to reserve his speaking for later but <laughs> yeah because i didn't know anything about the history really like i said i've only been on here a year so all I knew about it coming in was it was, a, it was just a DM writing competition, and you work with what they give you, and, and off you go. So that's a strong encouragement from a couple friends in the state to try it out, and had a good time. Excellent. Um, 
Next is a little segment um, where we cover the uh, post of the month competition. It's a dramatic reading. Um, we'll go ahead and start it and let you guys listen to it. Hey there, everyone. Sadolphus here for the first ever dramatic reading of the post of the month for the RPG Crossing podcast. For this episode, you will hear Toba's winning post from November for his outstanding mood setting as the DM for his True Damnation game. It is early on in the game, and it is clear that he is trying to lay the foundation during a sea voyage the party venture is on. Without further ado, here is the reading. Twilight reigned as the meal drew to a close. Fortunately, it was a cloudless sunset, and the golden light cast the ship in an amber glow bright enough for the crew to finish preparations. Supplies stored, belongings secured, and sails readied for their voyage. Seb conferred with Mr. Presley over Key's directions on where they were going. A bit of guesswork paired with what navigational insight Donovan could offer, and a likely course was set. Unfortunately, Nihilus was such a remote location that Mabry had not a single map of the region. For their geographical guide, the group had only Donovan's knowledge of his home country, which was limited because he had spent a better portion of his life around the grounds of the monastery. Their journey into darkness would be absolute, it seemed. Orders were given, moorings were loosened, and with a groan that was music to Seb's ears, the Mabry lurched into motion. With a snap, the sails filled with the night breeze, and ship pulled away from the dock. With a flick of his thumb, Seb sent a platinum coin over his shoulder, nodding with satisfaction as he heard the thunk of the coin striking the deck. To more appeased, he set up about his duties as captain of a ship under voyage. Had he glanced back, he would have seen a figure lumber out of the shadows, eyes narrowed and studying the Mabry on her departure. The figure knelt and swept up the coin, its gaze never leaving the stern of the departing vessel. The nature of the open sea is to twist all conception land-born minds hold dear into mockers of themselves. Time becomes subjective, day and night playing their constant games of pursuit, heedless of the actions of the ship in their midst. The waves march their steady cadence and perfect timing, and froth at the mouth in silent rage as the bow of the Maybury cuts through their midst, disturbing their practice rhythm. And always, the border between sea and sky remain unbroken by disturbance, giving any poor soul unfortunate enough to study such a thing the impression that the very concept of land was a flight of fancy born of imagination. Piercing these nautical deceits were three constants. The sun refused to alter its routine, lording its superior regularity over the rhythm of the waves by traveling an unaltered course east to west every day. The night sky, a canopy of sparkling lights, reappeared in the same beautiful pattern every night, a map to those minds capable of plumbing its secrets. Least noticeably came the third constant. Each day, the Maybury pushed further north. The chill in the air grew. It began with a charming puff of visible breath one night, condensing the exhaled air of the crew. Then came the surprise of the first morning frost upon the ship, a crystalline masterpiece that clung to every surface exposed to the night air. The novelty of the changes quickly grew thin, as now each breath exited the body in a plume visible even at high noon, and the morning frost evolved into treacherous ice that attacked stable footing with an indifferent frenzy. The cold even began to take its toll upon the noble sun and star, shortening their burning star's path across the sky each day, and casting slight alterations to the starry array each night by introducing new constellations that pushed out the older, more familiar ones. Not their first tangle with these conditions, the crew of the Mabry adapted to the best of their ability, and with few complaints. 
coats lined with thick bear fur were allotted to each member, and the hides of the beavers protected the ears, hands, and feet from the frozen bite of the cold north winds. Ice was diligently scrubbed from the deck using the abundant source of salt water at hand, and lines carefully maintained to avoid fraying. Given the conditions, it was little surprise to anyone that the longer they traveled, the fewer signs of humanity crossed their path. It had been weeks since the last sighting of another ship, and the seas remained clear of jetsam. The solitude was telling, and fed the apprehension regarding their eventual destination. To those viewing the glass half full, this was a blessing, because they were beset by no pirates, nor any other common danger of the sea. Even the creatures of the depths were apparently reluctant to ply the cold waters of the north. Sev's eyes shot open. He lay still in his cot, even thinking that word still irked him a little. Salt was tossed in the wound as he heard Key's light snoring coming from the direction of his bed. She'd stay true to her word to stay in his bed. Not a man prone to suicidal tendencies, Sev had yet to test how friendly the waters would be if he attempted to slide in next door, but the thought gave him an intense... There it was again. His mind focused on the sound he'd just heard. An audible thump against his hull. Normally, this would not be a cause for worry, but with the deserted stretch of sea they had been traveling these last few weeks, the sound put his nerves on alarm. He stood quietly, careful not to disturb his new roommate. He tossed on his bearskin coat and slid on the other fur-lined accoutrements needed to brave the cold air outside his cabin. He stepped foot on deck and immediately felt the shock of his first breath freezing to his face. A dense fog had settled over the ship, and the moisture the cloudy air held froze to anything passing through it. He could hear the creak of the sails and rigging, then his ears discerned the sound of Presley's light snoring. Normally not a sound one would want to hear from your ship's navigator, Sev was continually impressed by the man's ability to sleep and manage the helm flawlessly. A rare talent indeed. He carefully made his way up to the stern, where the form of Presley's body leaning gently on the helm emerged from the fog. He grinned at the man's peaceful slumber, even as he deftly adjusted the wheel to keep them on course. Sev's brow furrowed in concentration. He crept over to the rails, hand hovering near the hilt of his rapier. Bumps in the night rarely turned into anything threatening, but for that one time it did, he would be ready. He peeked over the side and then relaxed. The massive chunk of ice bounced harmlessly off the hull of the ship, sliding back away like a frosty boy. The fog was just thin enough for Seb to make out many such chunks of ice floating in the water around his ship. The nautical knowledge so abundant in his brain came to the fore, and Seb realized ice in the water meant they were likely getting close to land, a good sign given the weeks of seeing not so much as a shoreline. His eyes narrowed. Something else bumped against his ship, lighter in mass than the bergs bobbing about the Maybury. This object was dark as well. It bobbed to the surface once more, and Seb jumped back, startled. A body, encased in ice, a woman by the looks of it. Though it was too dark and foggy to make out any more details, the sight chilled him to the core. He quickly made his way to the other side of the boat. Now he could see them, sporadically spaced among the ice. Frozen bodies. Only a few, but enough to raise his hackles. This was a bad omen if he had ever seen one, and Seb Black had seen his share of of bad omens. The Maybury bobbed as though a great weight had just settled on her bow. And in the dark, foggy night, Sev could make out nothing. Perhaps it was time to wake the crew, or maybe his imagination was just getting the best of him. All doubt was cast aside as the first scream of one of his crew reached his ears. Okay, on to our next bit. Um, 
This segment's called uh, RPG Pulse. It is where we cover a little bit of the uh, gaming news from around the RPG space, I guess. What would you consider calling that? The RPG-ness of the world? I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> um, this is a... I think it's related, even though it's not a game game uh, news, but uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's birthday was January 3rd. Um, it was his 121st birthday. Uh, he was born in 19, uh, 1892. Um, oh, yeah, um, he would be pretty old. I believe that would be the uh, 1211st birthday by uh, Hobbit Reckoning. Is that right, guys? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I I have uh I just I just watched The Hobbit last night. Oh, was it good? I haven't had a chance to check it out because I just my wife just had a baby and uh, yeah, six kids is really a, a handful. Well, I, I have the two. I, I dragged my son and I wanted to watch it. My daughter had no desire to watch it. She brought my iPad and she was going to watch. Uh, a movie, why, what, watching the movie, but she couldn't get that to work, and she just ended up fidgeting the whole time. Uh, she's ten, but my son and I enjoyed it. So uh, I, um, uh, I, I read the, I, I got to reread the book. I just purchased it for my son, uh, and he's he's almost done with it. Uh, he's my son's turning twelve in a, in a month. Um, but I watched the cartoon over the holiday break, and uh, <laughs> I have to say, compared to the cartoon. Um, I mean, it seemed to be pretty right on. They had, they, I know they added a couple scenes, um, but from what I remember of the book and, and watching the cartoon, I mean, um, it, it was right on. I don't know how they're going to make it to three movies. I heard they're going to make it three movies. I know how they would make it to two, but um. Um, the one thing that Tolkien was really awesome at, and which why I respect him a lot, is that there's a lot of stuff that he had written. Yeah. Um, that never made it into an, a finished book and there's a uh, it's kind of like a, a anthology of random stories unfinished tales one and two I believe is where they're pulling the right. extra stuff from yeah I, I, I saw that I saw you know and they, they put some of the stuff that he you know touched he didn't touch upon that you know that there was a whole scene with Gandalf and Sauron um, you know when they, when they went to Rivendell um, that was I don't ever recall from the book from the book. Um, uh, definitely, it wasn't in the book. I just yeah. watched I just watched the movie and I'd yeah. never read The Hobbit. And then so the next the next day I watched it on a Friday and Saturday I borrowed the book from my friend and had it read by Sunday night. And yeah, it's a it's a small it's a three hundred page book and it was written for twelve yeah. year olds. Exactly. Like I mean, there's so much they're putting in these movies that I think make it a lot better. I mean, the book is you know given its time, it's still a great book, but. Like the movies are really filling it in a lot better. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I like the uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm gonna get around to saying this when I can, but uh, I never read the Lord of the Ring books. I've been always been uh, meaning to. You should. They're so good. Um, my personal favorite is the Silmarillion. Um, personally, it's it's a little hard to read because of the way it's written. It's almost biblical, kind of in verses. So it's a, it's a it's a little tough to read for some people but it is so good there's like it just explains a whole lot during the first age and uh, of middle earth and it's a really good book everybody should read it um but lord of the rings great too um very good book but yep tolkien's birthday i think that um 
he bears mentioning. I think he's the, the uh, father of modern fantasy and uh, a lot of how the RPG gaming is set up wouldn't exist exactly as it does without him, I believe. So, um, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, moving on, um, I think it's kind of funny that this time of year seems to be uh, the RPG contest season. Paizo, am I pronouncing that right, guys? Paizo? I think so. Paizo um, is doing their RPG Superstar contest, and um, actually, uh, I believe, Kobold Quarterly finished up a... Uh, RPG contest as well. Paizo's is still going on. It's called RPG uh, Superstar. And uh, the voting on it is uh, ends on the 15th. Uh, I think they're doing uh, a tier where everyone crafts a wondrous item. I think everybody should go check it out. It's interesting. And actually, I believe that uh, a community member, uh, Ronar's Corruption, has entered oh. a uh, entry into that. So um, I I followed the prior years off and on, but I had to have uh, somebody I, I had some sort of tie-in to make it interesting. The last time I watched it, uh, I don't know if you ever watched the D and D PSAs that mm-hmm. were on YouTube. Uh, I forget his name. It's I, I have I, I'm 37 years old now. I have selective Alzheimer's. Um, but the the guy that was writing that uh, he ran it. Uh, um, it was a couple years ago, and that's the last time I really paid attention. I'd, I'd, I'd go on the site and check, but if, if Ronars is on, then I'll, I'll, it'll give me a reason to, to follow, and uh, I'll have to go. I'm on the website now. I'll have to, when this is over, go and take a look to see if the entries. Yes, um, I follow him on Twitter, and I believe he mentioned it a couple weeks back. Um, I think he was entered into the the Cobalt uh, quarter, Quarterly one as well, and uh, didn't make it through to the next round. But, yeah, I think everybody should go check it out. It's interesting. We've got our Iron DM contest, and then we have a few others. So I think that it's safe to uh, dub the uh, last part of the year RPG contest season. What do you guys think? Sure. I, I think I think our Iron DM should make an entry. Probably just take his Iron DM entry since I think it's a fabulous item. What did you, what did you create for the Iron DM uh, opening round? Me? What did I make in the opening round? Yeah. Oh boy. Um, I That's remember. similar idea. What we did. Perhaps we lifted it from Piazza. We'll never know. But uh. oh, I think that we were first. Um, I think that they started a uh, year or two after we were running the Iron DM contest. I'm just going to go ahead and snag that we were first, as far as I'm concerned. They 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 uh, took it from us. <laughs> But um, I don't, yeah, um, moving on. I think it's a great contest. Check it out. Paizo's uh, Pathfinder Online is running a Kickstarter. Um, do you guys do any uh, video gaming? I, uh, I, don't, I haven't done anything with uh, any of Paizo's Pathfinder or anything like that. In terms of, like, you mean just, like, video games as like, video games in general? Video games in general. Um, this one, Pathfinder Online, isn't out yet. They're running a... Uh, Development Kickstarter um, for it. I have to check that out. Uh, you should. It's interesting. Um, I have my reservations about their uh, uh, wanting to do a subscription model, but that's more of a video game podcast I, you know, conversation. I, I'm a I'm a video gamer. Um, 
I can never get into MMOs, and, and I think it's the cheapness factor mm-hmm. of me paying fifteen dollars a month and then not, not, you know, you know, forcing myself to play versus, you know, if I buy it, I play it when I want. Um, I mean, the, the, I'm playing two video games right now. Mm-hmm. I'm playing a Baldur's Gate on my iPad. Uh, I haven't played it in a couple weeks, and you know, I may pick it up in in, in another week or two, and I don't have to. Uh, feel guilty about not playing and wasting the money and that's how, how I always felt with MMOs um, so I don't that's, that's my only problem I, I, I tried to play the free ones um, or the, the, they'll have level caps at a certain point where you, it's free until a certain point and I, I just could never you know I can just I, I, I want to play the game myself I could never get into the guild aspect of it and when I did I just wasn't on enough to make a difference and so it sounds like a cool idea. I'll, I'll probably try it, but I, I don't know. Um, yes, it's a very cool idea. Um, but back on what you were saying, a lot of uh, MMOs now are free to play, where you just create an account and then you're free to play, and you can log in and play whenever you want. You don't have a subscription, and there's uh, various ways they monetize it. But I believe, if I remember correctly, they were going Pathfinder's going subscription based, which um, I don't know if the market's right for that anymore, but. Um, the real reason why I brought this up was that uh, in um, with the uh, in conjunction with the Kickstarter, Paizo is giving away a uh, ton of uh, pen and paper uh, role playing modules and books, uh, depending on how much money you pledge to the uh, Kickstarter. I'm, are you guys familiar with how uh, Kickstarter works? Yes, yes. Yes, well, so, yeah, if you, they have tiers, and depending on how much money you give them to uh, fund their Kickstarter, you get some stuff. But it's really cool. Everybody should check it out. There's just so much stuff. I'm not even going to even attempt to try to read it um, all. It's uh, books, modules, stuff like that. So, uh We'll provide a link. Everybody should go uh, check it out. Now that we're at the end of the news, we're going to go ahead and uh, talk more in depth about the uh, Iron DM competition. The uh, final round was, uh, the winner of the final round was announced, uh, was it the 23rd? Uh, something like that. It was just, like no, that. It was a, I believe it was after Christmas. Oh, was it? Okay. 29th, it looks like. Oh, 29th. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. 29th. Okay. Well, it was announced 29th, and um, our co-host, Toba, was announced the uh, winner, uh, which it was a it was a hard-fought contest, I think. Uh, Mel Keeler did a wonderful job, um, not to downplay him anything, but um, he actually did something. I was looking past the uh, last winner. He, even though he didn't take Iron DM for a second year, he did something that I think was rather impressive. He was the... Uh, in the five-year history, he was first returning champion to make it all the way back into the final round. I think that's very impressive. So uh, we'll do silent golf claps for uh, for him. Hard-fought round, I think. Uh, Toba, how do you think? How do you uh, give us the rundown on your thoughts on how that worked out for you in uh, the final round? And you know, since uh, we haven't interviewed you yet prior to this, uh, you go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts on the entire competition as a whole. Well, like I said, you know, I'd, I'd always heard about the Iron DM, and, you know, you see all these guys with the, the Iron DM logo next to their names, and 
so I knew what it was. I just never like looked into it the last year, thought anything about it. And I uh, was just talking with Admin Chuck one day, and he suggested I try entering it. You know, why not? And he's right, why not? So I joined up, and I had a blast like every round. Even that opening round, we just had to do something small. Was a blast. It's, it's fun having restraints put on you and what you can use. Um, and then each and every round, I mean, the, the people I went against were incredible. Like, I could have sworn every round that, that was the round I was going out. Because I don't know if it's, if it's that self-bias or what, but when you, when you write in something like this, you know, you see all the, the flaws in yours, and then you see only the other guy's really good points, and and I thought I'd lost this competition, honestly. <laughs> so, I, I know exactly what you mean as far as, like, writing the adventure and putting it in and just being like, oh, man, this isn't good enough. <laughs> uh, you, you just go back and you're like, oh, I see what I left in the gap there. And then the worst is when you see judges comment on that exact thing. When they open up the judging things, you're like, oh, they're right. But, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also like the restraints, too. It really forces you to be uh, more creative and maybe think outside your usual comfort zone. So I think it's very good. Uh, very good uh, training grounds, even, you know. So, uh, how about you and Brodak? Uh, well, I enjoyed this year's uh, Iron DM. Um, I, I like, you know, we, we mentioned the, the, the intro round. Uh, that was uh, per discussions Hugga and I had. And, um, we just felt in the past, you just put your name in that you wanted to enter. We randomly would select, and there, there are people that were, were were known good writers, and they wouldn't get selected um, because it was, it was a random draw. We'd have, you know, I think we have what 16 slots, and we'd have like 20, 24 people apply, and then you wouldn't get selected because of a random draw. So that's why we instituted the round uh, round one, round zero. Um, you know, just a, 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 a simple item, or you know, NPC item, whatever. To uh, to get the ball rolling, and I, I I really like that in this year's Iron DM. It was a it was a nice change, um, and going forward, uh, you know, I, I, I like the I like the, the final entry. The the last round were two good entries, um, and to me, I, I was torn between the two. I like the simplicity of Toba's overall, uh, and honestly, you know, you know, Toba said, you know, you see the errors. I, I don't know. I, I saw. More errors in, in Melquire's uh, entry than I saw in his, and ultimately it's, it came to that. Uh, if you saw my judgment, I, I, you know, I basically said, "Yeah, I like Tobas, and I like Mel, and I, I sort of ripped Melquire apart a little bit more than I did, and then that's where I found the errors." Um, <laughs> Jumping off of that, would you care to point out some of uh, Melchior's uh, best features, and maybe somewhere he was lacking? Well, uh, Toba's was a simple. You could like insert it in any any adventure, and I really liked that. Uh, Melquire's, it, it honestly had more potential. It had more of a sandboxy feel. I mean, it was a bit, uh, you know, of, uh, you know, uh, it, it was a sandbox. You're in a new undiscovered world. It, it seemed interesting and all, but you, you would you would you would wonder why. You know, a, a murder happened that's unrelated to the PCs. That why would the why wouldn't the local constabulary uh, investigate it? Why did they go to the PCs? That's the, the first thing off the, off the bat. I just didn't like the hook. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Uh, he had this hook. He had these murders happening every night. Uh, I, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name of, of who the murderer was, but if, for those of you who didn't read it, um, you were confused because there was a parrot. You don't know if it was the parrot that did the murder, and I had to read it twice. And it turned out the, 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 the girl at the inn where the, the parrot was, she was possessed by this ancient spirit. And uh, you had no idea it was the ancient spirit. At one point, the, the people that were murdered, if, if there was a point in there, if you, if you did a speak with dead, they spoke the name of the undead spirit. But it's like, well, all they did to see is the little girl kill you. How do they have any idea that it was that undead spirit? And just right off the bat, I just got annoyed. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if Toba could be said who he annoyed me the least. I know that's unfair. I'm, I'm joking. Um, but just, you know, it's just, and then I just felt you know, there's this huge opportunity for the sandbox world, and you're just sort of railroaded. Um, and I know sometimes there are limitations per ingredients, um, and, and both Toba and, and, and Malquire, I mean, sometimes the ingredients were somewhat forced. Uh, and the ingredient I'm thinking of is. There was an encounter at, at it was the Ford. What was the? It was a, it was a Rivers Joint. I forget what the actual ingredient was. Um, they both used it in, in Toba's entry. He had he had some spirits that were there, and, and it, it, it melded in with the story. In in in, in Melquires, it was just it was just part of the way. It was it was there because it, it was part. Of, it was an ingredient. It just it wasn't as as natural. Um, I just felt. The whole thing, I just felt railroaded uh, by Malquires. Mal like I said, there's just nitpicky things that, that, that got on. And overall, that's that was my feeling with his entry. <laughs> All right, now that you've uh, sufficiently forced your opinions on Melchior's adventure, how about uh, Tobos? Best features? Um, anything where it was lacking? Um, well, I liked his use... Of the cobalt, uh, there was a cobalt lich in it, and it was—I mean, sometimes you gotta suspend your disbelief at how, uh, you know, mechanically the lich was created. But uh, he, he had the, the the main, you know, the jealous was Desdra was her name, and I, I just like it was just interesting that she just was going along. You know, with the lich, and he would reappear every couple days after he got killed. You know, at uh, the, the philanthropy, however you pronounce that. I'm not, again, we're going to go on the theme of not being able to pronounce things properly. But um, I, I, it was just interesting. I did think it was a little bit um, silly if she could teleport. Why wouldn't she just teleport to the city to to get her revenge? But um, and I believe several other judges mentioned that. But ultimately, it wasn't a main problem to me. I, I guess you could say she wanted to, to cause the havoc on the way, um, you know, with, with the lich. So it sort of worked. So I wasn't against it. But overall, I mean, I like the use of his ingredients. Um, like I said, I really liked I liked the, the cobalt lich, the river ford. It was there. At least he used it a little bit more than just uh, the Melchior. Um But I mean, the, the use of, of the vase as the philanthropy. Um, the quandaries that they had, well, it was a little weak, but it was still there. It was good. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just felt that if the, the PCs were were on the road and they were run into this, this is something they may want to investigate. I didn't, I didn't really think they were railroaded uh, like they were in the other adventure. Excellent. So, Toba, do you have any uh, explanations in your defense or boasts, perhaps? 
No. Uh, it, that was the thought that kept hitting me. Is because uh, I, due to the holidays and traveling and such, I was kind of pressed on time getting this one together, um, which wasn't a problem at all. I'd, I'd been given adequate warning ahead of time of when I'd be able to write this. But when I read back through it, I kept thinking about that. The, this Miss Desiree was her name was such a high caliber wizard, and so. Yeah, why didn't she just teleport in and all that stuff? And that was, that was kind of a glaring, obvious fault in mine is just how she took such a mundane, uh, mundane means of travel with a wagon. But then again, no one suspected her or anything. I guess was my thought that I hoped would cover it because the lynch was killing everyone. <laughs> so that's that's the best I could come up with in my head. So I knew that one would take a hit pretty bad. <laughs> and, I, I I agree, but. Maybe she just was bored and wanted to cause some problem, troubles, and that's why she was doing it. I don't know. I, I don't claim to know how the mind of women works. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not in my realm. Nor do I. Not near enough ranks in uh, knowledge understanding women for me to even begin to touch that. <laughs> the, the worst part of this whole this whole round, and I think judging from Melquire's adventure as well, if, it, if I don't remember how we're supposed to pronounce his name, but... Uh, was the bonus ingredients in this one were just brutal. I mean, the the shootout at high noon, I mean, a shootout, and I, and we both went with a 3.5 adventure. That's pretty tough. <laughs> shootout, but... Uh, um, isn't there an alternate role in the Dungeon Master's Guide to allow uh, firearms in 3.5, if I remember correctly? There I is. 3.5, but I know in Pathfinder... Pathfinder's got class. a whole pile of them. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is. Uh, like primitive firearms in, in 3.5 games before, but uh, I don't I don't like them. I guess is what I would say. <laughs> so, it's a blending of genres, right? You know, we we so got like, our, our our six shooters are wands of magic missiles or wands of fireball, <laughs> not not a six shooter itself. So that's why I thought about going with E20 modern setting for this one. And then you have a cobalt witch, and that didn't make any sense to me. So, so I uh, decided to kind of wing the shootout at noon, and I think Melquire did the same. Or he didn't even use it, I don't think, did he? He didn't even use it. He didn't. I don't think he used. No, he didn't jealousy, use jealousy. No, he used jealousy. He didn't use that. I'm looking at his ingredients now, actually, as I, as I say that. Yeah, the high high shootout noon. Yeah. Yeah. So that. But to be to be honest, this round's ingredients weren't so bad. It was the was it the previous round where they were so specific. It had like the mouth and gibber and all that stuff. Those were the ones that killed me. But anyway, this this round, you know, everything in Brodak just said about my adventure, its weak points and all that. And I agree with one hundred percent. And Brodak, starting with you, what do you think your uh, thoughts are on the competition? going forward into the future? Well, I would like to see more entrance uh, beyond, you know, 16 in the opening round, but that, that requires a lot of, of, of work on the back end for judging. Uh, Piazzo can do it because they're a, you know, professional company um, that, you know, that's their, their industry. We're just a non-profit, just, you know, just a small community of people trying to get together. But I would like to see it grow at least maybe double um, I, th I think some of the, you know, problems with judging have been ironed out. Um, you know, Hugga did a good job. We got more judges. 
this year um, as backup. Um, I know I was in the in the opening rounds. I wasn't as as available as I wanted, uh, and I, I showed up the last like three, two, well, only four rounds. I guess I was there most of the time. I, th- I think I just missed a little bit into the judging of the of the opening round and the first round, and then I, I came on. Uh, that's what I would like to see is, is maybe grow a little bit bigger. Um, I, I, I I don't know. The only other thing is I, just, I, I hate dropouts. It's it's an unnecessary, you know, evil that people have to drop out. But um, I, I would I just don't like people, you know. Getting by sometimes um, and getting the next round. I think you know Melquire, luck of the draw. He got by once or twice. Not that he didn't deserve it. His entries were good and we probably would have won anyways. Um, but you know, it, I, I would rather you know maybe see somebody else be able to jump in. Maybe uh, you know people who who lost the prior round get put onto an emergency you know backup in the week. I, I wouldn't mind extending it a day or two mm-hmm. uh, to, to, okay, you know, person X didn't show up. You're the first in the list. Can you do a, a, a post in two days? You know, and we'd still have the, the their opponents hidden, so they wouldn't know. And I don't know. It's, I'd rather see somebody have competition get to a next round than just get through, you know, because somebody didn't enter, make an entry. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see maybe a... Uh... Judge's wild card brought in to uh, fill a dropout position. If I know we have backups, we have like usually get like two or three backups, don't we? Yeah, we had two. I thought in backup this year, but I don't know what happened there. Yeah, and that's the problem though. Those backups never proved themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like you know you see Survivor. All of a sudden, you know some the hated guy comes back. You know five you know five rounds later, somebody that at least showed that they had some. Some uh, some chops to be in the competition, and uh, you know have them come back if you know it, it only on a dropout or something like that. I don't know, but maybe a, a, I, that's like a, that, I would like to see something happen a little bit more proactive with that, and maybe some more entries. Hmm. I agree. I agree. How about you, Toba? Your uh, thoughts for the future of Iron DM? Well, I, should... I mean, in, in light of those those dropouts, I'd like to see him put it not so close to the holiday season. I uh, felt like that really just made scheduling probably a pain for Hugga, for one, um, trying to get around everyone's holiday schedules and stuff. But then I think it would also help prevent a lot of the dropouts. Like, looking back at the, the matchup list here, um, Malquire, I mean, got buys past two really good authors in Grog Tree and Humble Athena. And, you know, I, not to say I don't think he would have won or anything like that, but I think it, it more hurt him in the end because he didn't get the harsh criticisms, you know, that the rest of us did re- leading up to those final rounds because he just had, you know, the he put in a token piece and then the judges would just kind of give him, a, well, here's what we thought of what you just had, you know, but it's, it doesn't quite seem the same when you're competing against someone. So I felt like that kind of hurt him a little. But like I said, I think that could be avoided if we didn't put it near the holidays when people are traveling and we got all that crazy stuff. So maybe start it in September or something like that. I don't know. Then we'd have to push the great player competition up. Oh yeah. It's it's all we 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 don't we try to have just one major competition going on at a time. But uh, you know, in, in Hugga's defense, um, he's Australian, so he didn't even <laughs> know about the American Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, I figured uh, I figured out he was Australian actually midway through the competition. I think it was like my second or third round when he posted that I had to be ready to that they were going to post my entry on a when he said on the site he said Thursday, 
and I just looked on the Wednesday just out of fun, and there was my match posted. I'm like, huh, what time frame that guy's working with? And that's when <laughs> out he's Australian. He actually joined us for was it the third interview of the Iron DM special feature? Um, right, broadcast? we did it. We did it on a we're close out there. Uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, but the last when Hug was on, we recorded on a Saturday, and that was his Sunday. Um, I think it was eight o'clock in the morning. I, you know. So him having to probably get up for work is a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he wanted to be here for this, but unfortunately we couldn't make the uh, schedule work, which is unfortunate. Uh, it was a little redundant. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on, um, do you guys have any uh, final words regarding the, the competition? Any thoughts? Any Anything? Uh, no, just a congrats to Toba. I, I enjoyed the entry. Um, in the past, there were some people that got more, you know, I had a bias with because each entry was was piled on to the next, and it was sort of enjoyable to see it, and I think it's more difficult to to do that with uh, with just such random ingredients. But uh, I, I sort of gave up that bias this year. Nobody did it. Nobody tried to, but um, it was an enjoyable, uh, enjoyable read every year, and and I'm looking forward to next year's. Uh, I had a lot of fun in this year's competition, like I said, and, and every round of the, the people I went against were just fantastic riders. So you know, a lot of them still got excited here and, and DM some games because if anything will help, it will be those people creating games on the site. Yeah, I, I pick I pick future DMs from, uh, from, from the finalists of... Uh... The Iron DM. I, I hear somebody's running some sort of player versus player game. We'll see, we'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Toba, congrats on the uh, the win. And uh, you start any uh, any games? Let me know about it because I'd definitely like to uh, be a part of that. So, well, dude, thank you very much. Drop me a link or something. Um, you've been cleaning out, like I said earlier, and as we know from the uh, post of the month segment, you won post of the month for November. December, I think it was. Uh, I think they're behind. It's no. It was for November, and they they're behind because of the holidays and far as uh, I believe it was November. Judging them, so um, it was just announced the other day, but I think it was for November. Um, but anyways, that post was excellent. Um, that was very well written, and I, uh, like I said, more than happy to be in one of your games. I'm cool, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that's all we have for this uh, this uh, episode. Um, just to let everybody know, um, we will be doing two episodes a month. If all goes well, we should have another one out by the, I have it written down, 22nd. Um, if all goes well, this episode will be posted on the 8th. Um, I think it will. So I'm glad everybody was here. Um, thank you, Imbrodak. Thank you, Toba. If you guys would like to come on anytime in the future, you are more than welcome to. Um, any last words, guys? Nope. I'm good. <laughs> also good. Thanks. Until next time, folks. <laughs>